there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, Dr. Asha Bittar, this is what we do each week. Advanced Medicine, Dr. Bittar, we're here with one of the producers of the film Vaxxed, from cover-up to catastrophe, Polly Tommy. She's going to be with us for the first segment before she has to go, but you know, we've been talking about this. You've, you've seen it firsthand, Dr. Bittar, with your own son. We've covered it on the air, but we've got a lot of new listeners uh, through this thing called Periscope. So maybe we can go back to some of the basics here for the folks to learn what motivates you, what drives you. Why do you do what you do? Well, um, Robert, I'd, I'd rather let people just discover that from themselves. I always have a little hard time talking about those type of things. Uh, the thing that's most frustrating to me is that there's so many people out there that know of this issue and nobody's really doing anything to to rectify it and uh you know it's this is a classic case of a lot of attention to something and everybody's diddling their thumbs this is nothing more than a as we've talked about millions of times on the air you know and I'm, i don't even think i'm exaggerating when i said millions of times on the air it's a, a simply a case of mercury toxicity on board of physiology that has a genetic predisposition for the inability to excrete and so you just got to take the damn poison out that's it there's nothing more to it and if you can do that Mm-hmm. Then you know we've treated almost 2,700 kids now in 20 years, and more than two thirds of them are fully reversed and uh, in normal school, normal college, normal you know professions. And today I've got my oldest one that I treated. That I think you've talked to on the air before, David, who was 16. That's my oldest child that I've treated that's fully recovered, and he's now got his own business with multiple employees and such. And you know, the thing is, it's frustrating when we hear so much about it over and over and over again, and still. With the, with the exception of the hand come of, uh, a handful of uh, people, you know, a couple thousand people that we've treated. Um, yes. We've, I know that we've had almost 40,000 children now for by 38,000, something like that, as of this past mm-hmm. year, that have gone through our treatment program through 1,800 different doctors. But even them, everybody's doing it a little bit differently. They're not, they're not focusing on necessarily in everything, but we've, we've had an impact, and uh, it's still frustrating because there's more children being damaged on a daily basis, as you know. Um, you say just take the damn poison out, which is fantastic. Well, if it's that simple, then why haven't they? What's the point of it being in there? Well, that's that's a $5 million question. They, they do it under the pretense of uh, a preservative. Uh, the thimerosal, which is ethyl mercury, is used as a preservative. And even Eli Lilly, the manufacturer of this substance, um, they everybody knows that mercury is the second most toxic substance known to man. But then when they add an ethyl group to it and make it more assimilable in the system, they use it as a preservative. And Eli Lilly's own material safety data sheets clearly state that this is a known neurotoxin, known to cause severe uh, deleterious effects, including but not limited to mental retardation. And uh, they still use it. Um, they've got you know, they've passed all these laws to. Uh, prevent the vaccine manufacturers from having any recourse uh, for, for anybody having recourse against the vaccine manufacturers. So that's really what it comes down to. That they haven't taken it out because of that, of that, uh, under the pretense of uh, the need to have a preserver right. like that. And as far as 
Is it that simple? That's exactly what it is. It's that simple. The problem is it's not simple to take a poison out. It's it, a poison like mercury because it incorporates itself within the uh, internal protein structure. So there's a, the mercury has a propensity to bind to the sulfhydro groups, and sulfhydro groups are what holds the protein structure and allows the body to have the morphological characteristics that are necessary, or the protein structure to have the morphological characteristics that are necessary for it to function as it does. And so Dr. Bittar, if, yeah. if I may, uh, what I've heard at some of the Q&As now that I've seen, and Polly is there, and we're hearing that more people are getting that message, like you're saying, get the poison out, stop putting the poison in. And I think Dell Bigtree even mentioned it as well, and, and now Dr. Wakefield, all recognizing that the, and somebody said last night, it was like concentrating environmental toxins into a syringe, because we know environmental factors are real, but you concentrate that and inject that, it's even more devastating, especially these helpless babies. Um, and also, because right. Andy and Dell are not here right now, there's something I need to say because they'll tell me off. Uh, there's a boy in the film, the boy that's very severely damaged in our film. Mm-hmm. His dad is international director of ethics for Eli Lilly, and he will not come forward. And his child... He won't come forward and his child was injured. No, because, it, I mean, I, I can't speak on behalf of him. Yeah. He's, he's actually a friend of ours, and this is his job, and this is what he does, and that is his child, the severely damaged child in the film. That is it. And people are living... What, what is the matter with these people? That's, a, that's beyond cognitive dissonance at that point, Dr. Bitsar. Yeah, it's like selling your soul to the devil. I'm in trouble. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, it's everywhere. These people know. They know. It's in their own children. They know, and they still, because are they putting money? Is this about money? Is it purely about money? No, I don't think it's money about money anymore. I, it, people say that money and power. Well, they have all the power. They have all the money. So what could it be? I think it's something a lot more sinister. And Robert and I have talked about it before. Um, I think that the hierarchy, the, the ones that know the the top top echelons, I think it's um, um, a form of population control. It's a form of dumbing down the population so they can make it make the control the population easier. But then lower down the totem pole, like this this director for Eli Lilly and a lot of these other people that are just doing what they're what supposedly they're told to do, what they're supposed to do. I think for them, at this point, in the governmental agencies, because they don't know any better, they think that they know what they're doing, at this point, it's now become a source of embarrassment or uh, a source of, uh, um, you know, they've fallen asleep at the, at the wheel, and they can't admit that they have screwed up so royally, because if they were to admit it, you know, this would be the potential for the next civil war, or civil wars in, throughout the country, throughout the world, because people will not tolerate... Some, some type of nonsense like this. I mean, you can mess with the person's property, with their cars, even with their wives. But you mess with their kids, that's a, diff- a different thing. Yeah. Totally so how's it going to end? How's this going to end? How's it going to end? I mean, yeah, look at the first revolution. I mean, at some point, we visit this kind of violence on our children. What is that going to come back if you want to talk about a karmic loop? And I'm not inciting violence, but they are in their attempts to uh, protect our children by injecting them with toxic poisons in this way. You can't do that only so long before the people say, enough, we're coming with the pitchforks. Our needles are bigger, our bullets make bigger holes. Right, and the thing is that there's already people, I mean, like myself, it's very clear, in fact, even to the medical board, I made it very clear that, you know, they were trying to push me into a corner by, during one of the uh, depositions, push me into a corner that, where I would say that I was telling my patients that they shouldn't get vaccinations. And I said, I don't tell my patients anything, which is true. I don't. I tell them the facts, and I let them come up with their own conclusions. And for 25 minutes, this attorney kept on going back and forth, and I kept on answering him, but I would answer him 
very, very specifically. He says, stop running, stop running around the bush, doctor, trying to answer me straightforward. And I said, then ask me a straightforward question. He said, I asked you a straightforward question. I said, if you, could, if you classify that as a, uh, as a straightforward question, then I would classify you as an idiot. So if you want to ask me a straightforward question, ask me the straightforward question, and I'll give you a straightforward answer. And then he finally said, okay, if I came to give your son a vaccine, what would you do? And that's when, you know, Robert, the classic line that, you know, it's gone get viral and so many people want to know what happened. But, you know, this is the type of stuff that and they know clearly. And I told them, you come to my child, you come to my house, you come into my place to do a, to put a vaccine in my child or somebody that I'm responsible for, I will put a bullet in your head and I will not miss because I was trained how to shoot. So th- that, See, that's, 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 that's the American way. Coming back, when, when Dr. Batar, when we Americans are vilified by the world as being a violent culture, I don't think we're, again, I don't incite violence here, but when you threaten my children with something that could kill them in a syringe, you, you take your own life into your own hands. And I think more Americans need to take that attitude, and they won't be able to run roughshod over us like they have because they frightened us into believing we don't have that kind of power. We do. I mean, every parent's biggest fear, more than anything else, and we've had threats on Billy yeah. we've had for, for the film, saying that we're terrible parents because he's half naked in the film, and Billy did not give permission, all that kind of stuff, um, that they're going to petition to have Billy taken away with us. And that is every parent's biggest fear. But I... I called a lawyer, Alison Fulmer. Do you know Alison Fulmer? Yes. Um, there is no one better. You are safe with her around. And she said that no one's going to do that. But the bottom line is they try to scare you with every tactic that they have. And that's the problem. Parents are afraid. They do not want their children well, taken away. It's, it's the worst thing that can the happen. Thing, Go ahead, Dr. Batar. Here's the thing, though. When you're talking, when you're talking about, though, you know, that Americans, Robert, when you mentioned that thing and, and about protecting your children, this has nothing to do with Americans. This has nothing to do with even humans. This is... Nature's law. Every animal species will try to defend their infants, their, their young. You will see that with a, a line that goes after a buffalo calf and how the, how the buffaloes will turn back around and form a ring around the line. I mean, this is a natural response. This is how God designed it, that the parents, it is our responsibility to protect our young. And the, and the bodies that were assigned and ordained to protect our young, i.e. the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CBTs and all these other agencies, when they miserably failed at that task, it is our ethical fiduciary, our, our responsibility as parents, our natural responsibility to defend our children. And anybody that would question it, as you said, they put their lives in their own hands, that's exactly what I say. I don't condone violence. I'm not a violent person. But I'll tell you, I know how to mm-hmm. fight, and that I believe the reason I was taught how to fight was to protect those that were underneath my care. And anybody crosses that line, there's no, you see, how can you say that you're a doctor, you were, you've taken an oath to protect lives? Yes, and I am protecting lives. That's exactly what I'm doing. Thank you. Yeah, that's the message yeah. that has to be sent. And uh, we need that posture. We need that resilience. And you're right, Dr. Batar. It's not only an American thing, although we recognize the right to keep and bear arms here. Not every country does. Uh, but the ultimate defense but, against but, tyranny, Robert, of course, people, is... There are people in other... I don't want to cut you off, Robert, but there are people in other countries that I have friends that say to me, I hope you Americans recognize what's happening and, and are aware of it, because if you lose your ability to carry weapons... The rest of the world will go down the tube with you. They recognize that. That we are the last right. region of... of well, it's a, that's the reason... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. You know, we have the First Amendment. I covered a, a thing in California where they had SB 277. The Democrats there are proposing a bill that would jail you for having a difference of opinion on global warming, on man-made warming or not. Uh, and, and, you know, when you violate the First Amendment, that, that's why we have a Second Amendment, to push back at that point. 
These amendments are not granted to us. They are acknowledged as that which we come in with by virtue of our birth. And we've got to recognize that once again and put them on the defensive as the movie Vaxxed is doing now. As we're pointing out their uh, lies, their deceit, their trickery, etc. And Polly, Tommy, you're doing an amazing Thank thing you. with Vaxxed, the movie. I appreciate Team what you're work. doing. Yes. Dr. Batar, hang out. You and I, we got a lot more to do on advanced medicine. Uh, RobertScottBell.com linked up in the show notes. All of those things, including to Dr. Batar and MedicalRewind.com. And uh, like I said, go see the movie, Polly. We'll uh, we'll be at the Q&A after the Brilliant. showing next. Okay. okay. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, once again, thanks to Polly Tommy for joining us. And now it's uh, Dr. Batar and I doing our uh, advanced medicine segments, continuing on here. But uh, Dr. Batar, as I said, um, what I liked about the film more than anything is that when I witness a physician go in completely pro-vaccine, or even if they're on the fence and then they come out, and I witnessed it twice now at two showings, uh, completely changed. And it's like that's all we wanted to see, that that could happen. And then, of course, even uh, Dr. Kalb, who was a doctor that uh, Ty Bollinger and family go to in Nashville area, after seeing the film, going to Autism One, he posted on his website, his office is no longer offering vaccinations. I mean, that was that's huge. That's huge. That's, that's, that's major. That's awesome. That's, uh, so, uh, again, consciousness shift in many different ways. Yep, once that epiphany's been achieved, um, as I've said to the doctors as used to come through my training program, be very careful because once you open that door and the light shines in, there's no going back. Yeah, and we're seeing more evidence of it. But, of course, why? To some degree, it's because so many children have been injured. And how many children does it take before you're willing to say, okay, we have a problem, and that problem may, in fact, be the vaccines? And, and that's where we're now at that point, whether it's critical mass or not, that you, everybody knows somebody who has a child in the autism spectrum, almost without fail now. What, do you, what were you going to do then? I mean, what was their next play? What is their next play at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's going to end up being those pockets of people like the, um, the um, Amish, for example, that don't have any incidents, virtually no incidents of autism and even the few cases that they do have in their community when you trace it back the parents went outside of the Amish community and got vaccinations because they had been susceptible to the propaganda of vaccines they're going to do this that and the other and just so that everybody understands that's listening it's not just vaccines there's many other ways that children can be exposed to mercury but vaccines are the straw that broke the camel's back because the maternal amalgam load the amount of mercury from the mother's that leads through the teeth into the bodies and then through the placenta into the fetus in utero, that's a tremendous amount. And the environmental mercury that they're taking in, according to the Centers for Disease Control, the NHANES data showed that one out of six women of childbearing age is mercury toxic. That was 2003 uh, NHANES data that was released from the CDC. So we know that the American Academy of Pediatrics also says that one out of six children being born in the United States has some type of neurological deficit. So it's not one out of seven, not one out of five, it's one out of six. So there's, there's, a, there's a correlation. And nobody's saying that it's the vaccines that are doing all the damage, but it's all that accumulation of mercury. And then you give a child 
62 times what's considered safe by the EPA of mercury in the first day on the planet, it, it's enough to annihilate any system, leave alone a, a, a growing, sensitive neurological system in child. I mean, it'll kill anything. So the point is that yeah. if anybody doubts this, they should go and look at the University of Calgary study where they introduced the mercury into the Petri dish and what it does to the neurofibrils. It causes denudation of the neurofibrils, not even with direct contact, just being in the same Petri dish, not even touching the neurons, the, the neurons will start to disintegrate. So it's highly, highly uh, neurologically toxic. And then when you inject into the body as if leaking in through the mother and, and you know, methylmercury from fish and, and co- combustion of fossil fuels and the inhalation of those fumes, et cetera, et cetera, as if that's not enough, water table pollution, et cetera, et cetera, hey, that's not enough. Let's not give it injected into them. I mean, it's, it's the least, it's the, it's the most controllable and the and the least uh, how do we put it the least conscionable component. I mean, if if you're going to mm-hmm. make an excuse for any form of mercury going into into a child, that is the only one that you can definitively say absolutely. I mean, we can control it. We're the ones who are forcing it. I mean, see all this propaganda. Come to CVS and get your. Have you got your flu vaccine? Have you know your children got to get vaccinated? And then they criminalize parents that are conscious and observer uh, observing the truth and, and are. are aware of the facts and are evolved enough to say, look, you're not going to inject my child, then they criminalize those parents. So that's, that's where the, you know, the, the line is crossed. And somebody can say, okay, well, I didn't know that fish were bad, or I didn't know that uh, I should have had my amalgams taken out before I got pregnant. Okay, but what about right. injecting your child? Sure. What about doing it on the first day of life for a sexually transmitted disease, hepatitis B? Uh, Dale Bigtree was talking about in the Q&As that the United States leads the industrialized nations of the world. In other words, you can combine all of the industrialized nations together against the United States on the first day of life. More infant mortality. Why? We're the country that almost mandates hep B shots if you have a child in a hospital. All right, more advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, live from, wow, Yogurtland in Winter Park, Florida, near the Regal, where they're showing the Vax movie. Back after this. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Special thanks to Enrique here at Yogurt Land in Winter Park. What a unique place to host the Robert Scott Bell Show. And we're doing advanced medicine with Dr. Rashi Batar. He's back at, in his home area. And we're all over the world talking vax and other things. And, you know, to build on what we did with Polly Tommy as well, with the parents in fear. And Super Don was telling me some people responded on the, on the Periscope when I talked about defending a child, you know, even with violence. Uh, and I think that the posture has to change because you hear these parents in fear. What do I do? What do I do? And you're cowering in fear. You're prey for those who would prey upon you. And there are plenty of those bullies out there. And many of those bullies have needles, syringes in their in their hands, willing to to inject them into innocent babies. And they could be your babies. And I think it's time to stop cowering in fear and stop start pushing back. And I don't think that's being pro-violence. I think that's being protection. Yeah, that's a good point. Protection. You know, you're protecting your ward. You're protecting those that have been uh, given to you as a responsibility. Your responsibility is to them, to protect them, just like it would be to feed them because they're hungry, to clothe them when they're mm-hmm. cold, to shelter them from the elements, to protect them from any danger. And that danger can be uh, any form of a predator. And whether it's a, 
it's somebody that's trying to break into your house to steal from you or whether somebody is trying to kidnap your child or somebody that's trying to, under the pretense of protecting the public, which is how the government gets its mm-hmm. power, under the pretense of protecting the children, come in to give some kind of vaccine right. or any other type of atrocity. Yeah, exactly. If they're wearing a white lab coat, they have a license by the state. It doesn't mean you can't defend yourself, although that's the illusion. That's the, the pretense. It's like, no, 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 you have to give it up. You have to just put your hands up and do nothing. It's like, no, I'm not watching them do that to a helpless, defenseless child, especially my own. And, and again, this is where I do say I'm a bit of an American exceptionalist because we were founded on that concept of individual liberty. Not every country has that as its foundation. And for the most part, we've lost it because we've become a nation of wimps and wussies bowing down to authoritarians, whether they be in the government, whether they be in the medical state, whatever it is. And I'm, you know, for one, I'm just that's that's not the way it should be. That's not the way I'm going to play it. And nobody should tolerate that because as soon as you tolerate yeah. one one injustice, um, then you tolerate more injustices, and sooner before you know it, you've given up all your freedoms, and that's really what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Is uh, what, you know, where's your, what is your gift point? And you know, there's certain things that if 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 a bully comes up and steps on my toes or does whatever, hey, that's fine. You know, it's it's okay. But if if they if they're going to start doing something to my children, that is not fine. You know, I'm willing to have people say whatever they want to say about me, fine. But mm-hmm. once you cross that line, that's a totally different scenario. And I think that most yeah. people that have served in the military really understand this on a different level. It's a, di- it's a level that I think fundamentally is difficult for those who have not put their life in, on the line to appreciate, but when you do something like that, and you know, under the pretense of again, this is the military that you got in country, you're going there, you're patriot, you then you start realizing all the stuff I did over there. What did I do? I was a pawn in a game. They didn't really care about. I mean, I, you know, the soldier goes there before patriotism to to defend his country, but we're not. Most of the time, we're not there to defend a country. We're there to infringe upon somebody, some other country's rights, some other country's sovereignty. And then when we start realizing that, then things start to change. And then you come back home and you start seeing the same government, the same, the same country that you were willing to die for, uh, putting your child at danger, t- taking, uh, for- forcing you to uh, do things that you yourself know are not, not right, that you went to another foreign land to fight to defend freedom, and yet you come back home and your own fundamental freedoms are being violated. How does that make a person feel? And that's, I think, a lot of the soldiers are starting to, a lot of, a lot of uh, military people are starting to really, um, I, I guess the, the people that these are, I guess, annoyed would be the right word, perhaps, or becoming a little mm-hmm. frustrated, becoming a little bit more aware, becoming a little disenchanted, disenchanted now. Disenchanted, and, um, sure. But you, think about this, Dr. Batar. The, the same injuries that are occurring to children are happening to our military men and women. And they're coming That's out exactly weakened right. by it in many cases. Exactly. That's exactly right. You remember that movie Jarhead with the Marines um, had a Jake, I don't remember his name, Jake something. Or Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, right. Right, yeah. right. And in that movie, it was really interesting because in that movie, there's a scene where, um, uh, what's the name of the, the famous uh, comedian, black uh, comedian that, 
he uh, he plays a general. I mean, a, a sergeant in that movie. Um, anyway, I don't remember. He, uh, the name will come to me in a second. He, he played the he played the singer. Um, you know the singer Ray. Ray um, oh Ray, yes, yes, I know who you're talking about now. It's uh, he played Ray Charles, right? Ray and Charles. What's his right. name? The actor Jamie Fox. Thank you, Jamie Fox. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Jamie Fox plays the uh, sergeant in that movie, and in that scene, he tells them to uh, take this medicine, and they're all lined up, and, and a couple of them start complaining, like, I don't want to take this medicine, and he starts saying, this is what you got to do. He's telling them, he's screaming at them, telling them that they, got, they don't have a choice. You know, you're in the military, you don't, have, you don't say what you want. You're not here uh, to express your wishes and your desires. You're here to do a damn job, and this is part of the job. You got to take these, these pills. And then he's giving them to everyone, and they have to put the pills in their mouth, and then they have to open their mouth so that Jamie Foxx, the sergeant, can inspect to make sure that they've, they've swallowed it. And he's going down the row, having them lift up the tongues to make sure there's nothing underneath the tongues. And then you see one of the soldiers you know, doing that, and as Jamie Foxx goes by him after he inspects his mouth, the guy turns around and he spits it out. Now, this is something that in, when in a movie they show it, you know that a movie is like a cockroach. You see one, you know there's a thousand behind the walls. Right, right. You know, if you saw yes. that scene in a movie, there were thousands of soldiers that did that, and and they were aware. They knew they didn't want to take these vaccines. They knew they didn't want to take these pills, and that's where Gulf War syndrome and all this other stuff started. Yeah, last night after the Q and A uh, at Vaxed at the Regal in in Winter Park, uh, there was a military man here that came to the movie and watched. And outside, he went into seizures, and he had recently been vaccinated because he's in the military and couldn't refuse. And, you know, more examples of the destruction of not only the children, but our fighting forces, our nation's immune system, attacked and destroyed by the medical police within the pharmaceutical industrial complex that have just basically sold us all out. And that's the point where it isn't about left and right, although the political left is seemingly more worshipful of that than some of the conservatives that believe in, uh, you know, the right to refuse that kind of thing. Uh, so we've got not just kids that are in danger, but all of us are in danger by the advanced or expanded vaccine mandates that they're trying to direct for all adults. Yeah, and I think that the expansion aspect is going to backfire on them, Robert, because it's uh, like when you start looking at Trump and you see despite his idiocy and the things that he does that are just blatantly like, why would you do that? He's still... <laughs> very popular um and it's because like he brings up the thing about autism for example he's brought these things up there's a lot of people that are disgruntled in our nation and he's a voice to their uh disgruntlement if you will and and that's mm -hmm. i think the reason that he's been so popular and i'm actually glad even though i i do agree with some people that you know he he's not um he's not doing things the right way but I at least appreciate the fact that even though he has no filter, at least he says, um, even though he may change his mind all, all the time, at least he says mm -hmm. what's on his mind. And I'm glad that he's giving a national platform um, to the uh, autism issue and the vaccine issue. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a, one good well, thing and I think so. I talked about that earlier with Super Don that, you know, parents who have vaccine injured children are often a single issue voter and uh, rightfully. So it's about this issue. Are they going to mandate this stuff? Are they going to roll it back? Are they going to acknowledge this? Are they going to find a way to compensate us for this loss? And uh, so far at this point, the only candidate that would acknowledge it and not promote mandates of it 
kind, I believe, is Donald Trump. Uh, again, that doesn't mean we agree with everything he says, and he's a wild man, but at the same time, I'm not going to believe what the pundits say about him either. Uh, I don't want more vaccines, and particularly with this MMR study, uh, you, you see that the, the triple risk for African-American boys given the MMR shot on time or early. I mean, that's devastating to an entire uh, race of folks. That you know, Why would they support anybody that would mandate that? Yeah, and I think that as the public becomes more aware of some of these types of issues, Robert, I think that's going to be that's going to be a major uh, source of a major source of votes for Trump. I, I think I predict that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you get the the scam of Zika, the Zika virus scam. That they're saying, well, we need 1.9 billion dollars for a, a a virus that we discovered in 1947 that basically does nothing to no one. And the doctors and physicians down in South America, where this microcephaly is happening, are pointing to the fact that they were dumping larvicide into the water for 18 months prior to this explosion, so-called, of microcephaly birth defects. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's just amazing that the propaganda machine can go in but you know the nice thing is more and more people now understand this propaganda machine and they, they understand the, they're becoming aware that there is a propaganda machine whereas I think before a lot of people didn't even didn't realize that there was such a thing as a governmental propaganda uh, machine I'm, right. I'm actually very optimistic for the future of our country and future of mankind because there's a very critical uh, point that we're approaching quite rapidly and that point of awareness you know, it's like the tipping point. And once it happens, once it's achieved, then there are more people that know than there are people that don't know. There are more people mm-hmm. that are aware than there are people that are not aware. Um, there are more people that have evolved that are, that are people that are not evolved. And at that point, that's when real social change can take place. You're right. Mike Adams had another uh, great article yesterday. He says, you are America's immune system against political corruption, media malfeasance, and government criminality, and you've just been activated. And that is the point. For too long, we've been trying to have other people do it for us. It's time to take that control back into our own lives, into our own families, and defend that which is right. And uh, protect those who, uh, you know, are willing to be protected. Obviously, if they're sacrificing themselves on the altar of the church of pharmaceutical mysticism and allowing their children to get these needles, and a lot of them are doing it in in, in pure fear and ignorance, uh, at the very least, we can continue to speak out, and we must. And you've been doing it for years, Dr. Batar, and I'm glad to do it with you. we got one more segment of Advanced Medicine tonight on the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you miss a show, links are up. You can listen at iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast at Epic Times. Tune in across the pond at UK Health Radio and the new SoundCloud app as well as MedicalRewind.com for hundreds of hours of advanced medicine with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Bringing that power back where it belongs to each and every one of you. One more segment to go after this break. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. You want to make a positive, powerful change in your family, your friends that don't know what you know, well, tell them to listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show. And, of course, tell them about advanced medicine each and every week with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Also, you can tell them to go see the movie Vaxxed if it's coming to a theater near you because you go in, the doctors that don't don't really know about the vaccine issue the way we do will leave and go, oh, my gosh, I was lied to. I didn't realize that was what it was all about, the corruption of science. Uh, Dr. Bittar is here. We've got another story on double-blind placebo-controlled trials that are not 
Well, they're not the gold standard, even though they're considered as such because of something we've talked about for many years. The placebo impact, the impact with the uh, whoever's conducting the trial and the, the patients. The, if they like the person who's conducting the trial, they have a better outcome. The more side effects, the more they believe it's working. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, placebo is actually, you know, it's actually, I know this is the subject we're talking about, but placebo is one thing that I wish that medicine would uh, harness more, the power of placebo, because it's so powerful, the power of belief, the power of suggestion. And when you tell a person that something's going to help them and it's nothing more than sugar water and they take it and then they say, oh, I feel a difference. What's wrong with that? Why do we minimize the effect of placebo? Why do we say, ah, that's a placebo, like it's something you know, tertiary and insignificant and should be ridiculed and, and looked down mm-hmm. upon? It should be something that we should harness. Yeah. Hey, what was interesting in this the first rule of medicine is do no harm, so we know the placebo doesn't do any harm. Right, and that's the irony of this study that they found that once side effects start occurring in, this, in the clinical trials, the patients who are in a placebo-controlled study know that they're getting the real drug. And so suddenly that, that also alters their perception, their outcome as well, because they expect that the placebo is nothing, it's not going to really harm them. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting, yeah. The, I think that's, that's why they keep wanting to go to... The, the third world countries with the therapy naive, they call it, because they don't understand this, and people are now on to them uh, at this point. That's, that's probably one major reason, Robert. Another reason is because they also have less uh, recourse in those other countries. You know, there's not as many lawyers running around. They don't have as much resources where they have the money to go find a lawyer. You know, they don't have the, the same supposed rights and privileges that we have in America, so that's probably another one. You know, it's a more vulnerable population that they can affect without any recourse. Yeah, exactly. So what are we left with? You know, if there is no gold standard double-blind placebo-controlled study, of course, we've called out the, the, the pro-vaccine folks to recognize, help them to see that, hey, listen, they've never done double-blind controlled studies on, on vaccines. It hasn't been done. They haven't done the, the, the vaccinated versus unvaccinated study that will show that the healthiest kids are the ones that haven't been assaulted with these needles. Uh, so what happens when they lose their gold standard altogether? Where does it go from there? Well, that's an interesting question, but I think that uh, remembering that the that science is defined as observation, pure observation, mm-hmm. and once you observe something happening on a recurrent basis, then you formulate a hypothesis, and then you test that hypothesis. And if that hypothesis comes out to be uh, occurring on a, on a frequent basis, then you have what... Um, the ancient Greeks called science. That's the true definition of science, is observation and then test that observation. Not collect a bunch of mere facts and then put those facts together and build, call it science, like taking a pile of bricks and calling it a house. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, yes, houses are built on bricks, just like science is built upon facts. But a pile of facts no more makes science than a pile of bricks makes a house. Exactly. And, and this also shows that the parents of vaccine-injured children are way more scientific than the doctors who claim the vaccines did not harm those children because the parents were there observing it. The doctors are believing the lies that are told to them by the authoritarians at the CDC. Exactly. The, the parents are exercising the, the ancient wisdom of observation, which was defined as science. That's exactly right. And, and doctors so, parents, if you're doctors. out there listening, 
Yeah, exactly. Remember, parents, you're out there listening. You know more than your doctor, your kid's doctor. You've got to stand your ground and observe, report it, and if they're not willing to listen and acknowledge it, you need to find someone else that can work with you to bring the healing that's necessary for your children or at the very least to not assault them with toxic poisons in a syringe under the guise of enhancing their immune system. All right, Dr. Bittar, another great Advanced Medicine Monday. Thank you, my friend. Well, thank you, Robert. And it just always goes by, it go by faster and faster. I'm not sure what that means. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right, I'm going to head back to the Vax Q&A. If you guys haven't seen it, go see it. Dr. Bittar is with me every week. Go check out Medical Rewind. In the meantime, remember, it's the God's honest truth. The power to heal is yours.